0: okay hello there and welcome to end credits here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio i'm your host adam a donaldson and joining me today is i'm candace lapage candace uh by the time people are listening to this you're going to be on vacation so um... oh yeah i
1: will be beachside <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> people associate Candace with the beach, um, so that's not.
1: I will be beachside, as in I will be directly beside the water, underneath a very big umbrella.
0: That's right, uh, Candace. has what we call the Chief Brody complex, where she will go <laughs> near the water but not in the water.
1: No, I love the water. If I could be in the water all the time, I would. I would tolerate summer so much better if I was consistently living on the shore of Lake Nipissing where my cottage is. If I could just like at any point on any day go screw this. I'm going in the lake. Then maybe I would be a happier person in this interminable heat.
0: Well, I mean I think that's the one downfall with uh, Guelph Lake is that there are definitely times you don't want to be lakeside at guelph lake but that is a story for another time and credits is a local movie show for local movie fans we are here every wednesday at 3 p.m to talk Lotus and pop culture and review the newest movies which this week will be the new sci-fi action comedy drama everything (laughs) everywhere all at once
1: (laughs) roll all those genres up into one (laughs)
0: I mean essentially we'll get into it uh everywhere everything everywhere all at once and you can still watch that in a couple of theaters i think it is at the apollo this week still up in kitchener um but it's more easily available at uh, video on demand wherever you've met your movies online that is going to be in the back half of the show for the first half uh we're going to come up with one of our definitive lists here and since Everything Everywhere All at Once deals with topics of the multiverse and alternative realities and paths not taken and different lives, same characters living different lives. Um, We we thought it might be fun to talk about other movies about alternative realities. I was originally going to say different multiverses, uh, but there actually aren't too many movies about the multiverse, but there are lots of movies about alternative realities and enhanced realities and uh dreamlands and fantasy lands uh so that that seemed like a a a logical place to build off of for today's show any any disagreement
1: (laughs) uh no i would agree with you yes that like if you if you directly talk about like multiverses or or alternate dimensions there are only so many of those but yeah you you quickly go down a giant rabbit hole when you start talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah just you know what ifs what ifs
0: what ifs ifs? uh the, the the title of another marvel appendage i might add um okay so we have established the validity of our thesis this week so let's get into the list itself um so candace why don't you start us off with your first pick for uh favorite alternate reality movie or alternate universe movie
1: Sure. This, so this was actually really difficult because you do, like, it is really hard going, like, I mean, time travel kind of overlaps with alternate realities and alternate dimensions. And Mm -hmm. when does it actually alternate? And when does it not? And when are people like living concurrent lives? I don't know. So it was, it was Mm -hmm. challenging. And I think that I have two that I feel pretty good about. And then I have that other spot that I have, like, a million different movies for. I'm like, I don't know what I want to put in there. Interesting. Um, I know, I know. It's really tough. The other thing being that a lot of these, as I started looking through them, I was like, oh yeah, that was a really good movie, but gosh, do I even remember <laughs> enough about it? Like I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> so I think what I'm actually going to go with for my, for my the the like wild card, <laughs> the, I don't really, I haven't firmed this up yet. I think I'm going to go with Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Which... <sighs> You know, it falls into that. Like, are we talking about different dimensions or is it just strictly time travel? Or, in the case that I watched much of the movie, and is it just 100% like a uh, uh, schizophrenia, a delusional break? You mm-hmm. know, of this child, like, who knows? And I think that's part of what is really good about this movie is that you can approach this movie from so many different angles. So uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Donnie Darko, who is, um, you know, a teenager, narrowly misses this sort of like fatal accident, this like horrific accident, narrowly misses it, goes on with his life, but his life gets really weird following this stage, Mm -hmm.
2: including
1: hallucinating a giant bunny. So I'm, I'm assuming
2: there
1: are probably lots of people who haven't seen Donnie darker. Cause they just are like, that's not for me. And also because the poster art is this weird bunny, Frank. <laughs> um, this is no Harvey. Like, yeah, we're not I'll- talking Jimmy Stewart here. This is a weird, like scary looking delusion for anyone to be having. And mm-hmm. so it just like leads him. Yeah. Through this weird thing. Which could be who even knows what, but that at the end, and of course, it also depends which version you're watching too, which is really weird. But at the end, there is this sort of, you know, and this is where you kind of get into that. Is it time travel or is it alternate endings where for whatever reason, he's, he's back at that place where this horrific, where he narrowly misses this horrific accident. And he decides, well, the only way to fix things is to actually let this happen. So what was it? I don't know. <laughs> is this the multiverse movie? What do you think?
0: I don't know. You could like if you know you could take it straight up uh, forward analysis to it, where uh, there is a, a, a deviation there when the, the the fuselage falls through his roof and he's not there, and say that much of the movie is this alternative universe where he's not at home, so he's not crushed by the fuselage, and then um, we come back full circle. At the end, spoiler alert for the end of Donnie Darko, that uh he is crushed by the fuselage he was at home when when the the the, the thing fell. But then you have this moment between Donnie's mom and his mm-hmm. girlfriend in the alternate timeline where they kind of like nod at each other and yeah, there's <laughs> a familiarity
1: a different- from having yeah. known each other for you know 30 days in a different
0: timeline yeah.
1: or in a different universe. Yeah. yeah. Or is the whole thing just all Donnie's like the last moments just as he's dying who knows I I think that's part of why I really appreciate this movie because not only is it just it's just a great movie it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to watch really good performances great soundtrack um and really like set in its time like it feels like the 90s when you watch this movie um but then also yeah you know then you can walk away from it and just keep thinking about like what what is it (laughs) what is it trying to say what what happened here?
0: It's so metatextual, too, because like Frank is obviously an, an allegory for Harvey, although you never see Harvey. In the, at least in the James Stewart Harvey, you never see Harvey. I came very close to putting Donnie Darko on my list, but I figured I can only put one movie with the word dark in the title. Um, so I went with Dark City, Alex Perez, follow up to the Crow, mm-hmm. which uh, takes place in some nameless city somewhere. Uh, that turns out to be an experiment. These aliens or extra-dimensional beings or whatever they are—they basically look. It's interesting that this movie and Men in Black came out in sort of the same twelve-month span because you get the, the comedic, the Men in Black with um, with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, but then you get these Men in Black who are very kind of more to the urban legend Men in Black, where they are kind of alien, not quite human, kind of off. And it turns out they are experimenting with the humans in this city. They, ha- they have this process called tuning where they make everyone go to sleep and then they start switching things. Um, and then uh, a person emerges who is immune to the tuning named John Murdoch, who is is going through this city, which is eternally night. It is always night in this city. And he's trying to find out who he is. He has amnesia. He thinks he has a wife and he's trying to find her. And because it's Jennifer Connelly, you don't blame him one bit. Um, so he's searching for her. There's a, a police detective played by Lily Great William Hurt, who's searching for a serial killer. He believes is Murdoch. And then also you have running around Kiefer Sutherland as uh, a human underling to the to the strangers is is what the, the men in black are called the strangers. And and he's so kind of oily and greasy and and sniveling and rat-like. It's 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 a really great Kiefer performance, given um at this point, he was like a couple of years away from being enveloped by the Jack Bauer persona, which is so a type um, masculine, shouty. Like he's he's al- almost always whispering in in this film, um, but you know he's great in this. And you have the two main strangers played by of of all people, you have Ian Richardson, who's a great classically trained British actor. But then, like the kind of enforcer of the strangers, that's played by Richard O'Brien, who people will know best from rocky horror picture show so he plays mr hand who is uh, kind of takes on a more human persona as he's like obsessively chases murdoch is trying to understand why he's immune to the tuning and uh eventually absorbs um human traits to to sort of be a a hunter uh the hunt this this murdoch character down but i i feel like the movie kind of uh, it feels like there's definite studio interference to have like a happy ending in the end because it's all about Murdoch trying to reach this, this sort of beach area, which, of course, doesn't exist because the um, the, the city is literally like a rat maze. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, it, you know, so the ending kind of it kind of feels like it betrays the <laughs> the movie that that came before where it's kind of like dark nihilistic. But um it's, you know, everything up to that is, is just terrific. Um And, and uh, I like Rufus Sewell. I like the actors. I like the, the production design. Um, William Hurt is great. Uh, Alex Proya is really tapping into a lot of that melancholy and, uh, you know, darkness that, that he did with The Crow that maybe he couldn't he couldn't realize to its fullest because of the, the accident that happened to Brandon Lee. That, you know that probably took a lot of the creative vigor out of his sales so he comes back and does something like Dark City. Of course 20 years later he comes back and does something like Gods of Egypt but we won't we won't hold it against him.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I will I will agree Dark City is a, is a such a great film and I feel like it didn't I don't know if it was too dark or people just didn't really get it so much at the time so it wasn't very popular mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of you know it's definitely sort of a cult hit i think mm-hmm. a lot of people um you know who are really into sort of genre films and and dark films like this are really into this mm-hmm. but it's there's still like way too many people who have not seen dark city and i think i think that they definitely should
0: yeah i agree like if you like matrix comes out basically a year later and it's picking up on a lot of these themes um so i like, from what i understand because they shot dark city in australia and they shot the matrix in australia matrix ended up using a lot of the city sets that they had built for Mm -hmm. dark city so there's that connective tissue too so i I would say that yeah if if you you know you go and watch the original matrix and you're sort of looking for the connective tissue and other things yeah you can go watch like martial arts stuff and anime and but uh, you know dark city is definitely a movie that helped pave the way for the matrix and other movies since then too
1: yeah i mean there's so much of inception felt like i was just watching dark city
0: yes yes yeah, a lot of the city, like the city moving and stuff. Yeah, that's true, too. I was, I was actually thinking about Inception. Okay, so let's get to your uh, number two.
1: Yeah, all right. So this is another film that I have not seen in decades, but I had the VHS. I watched it a billion <laughs> times. I watched it every time it came to the bookshelf because when the bookshelf cinema throughout the 90s, they used to do a lot more um, sort of showings of of older films that were just popular they would just bring them back, bring them back and bring them back. and so that's run Lola run mm-hmm. which is I mean in some ways it's sort of like three three short films mm-hmm. um, but then in other ways it's not it's like one one film so uh, Lola uh, so it's a German film and Lola is um, running as as the title says to <laughs> try to, get uh, enough money for her boyfriend to not be killed by a hitman. So he he was sort of a bag man. He was supposed to have this money and deliver it. Um, something happened and he lost the money. And so he's like worried he's going to rob a supermarket to get the money so that he doesn't get killed by his employer. And so she's trying to find a way around this so that he doesn't rob the supermarket. And so what happens here is that we get, you know, her her running, her her getting, you know, trying to do all the things, getting to the supermarket, and then it ends with her being shot, and that's sort of the first, you know, thirty minutes or so of the film. It's like what the, mm. and then we just start all over again. It's we got you know, sort of, uh, uh, again, right? Is it, is it time travel? Time loop? I don't know alternate defenses and so we start all over again and we see her do the same thing but you know slightly different slightly different things and you know in some ways it's sort of like she learns because she has these these um like as she's running she just has like literal physical sort of obstacles and so each time we sort of reset and she does it again she skips the one obstacle but then ends up at a different obstacle and so it's sort of like she's learning every time but but it doesn't not at the same time Mm -hmm. um but yeah so we just go through like all these different times that she goes you know she goes through and does them and then throughout that as well like she'll run into someone and we'll see like flashes of that someone's future Mm -hmm. and then the next time around you know we get different flashes so it's definitely talking about like you know this this moment if something in this moment changes it creates a whole different future for this other person and if something in that moment changes well now it's all different again mm-hmm. so it definitely it's it's you know this weird sort of introduces all these these things about like how much of our life is just because some red-headed girl ran past me like <laughs> what, what in my life has changed because of something that I had no control over was, was not even a part of.
0: Butterfly effect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's. uh, I don't mean the Ashton Kutcher movie. Yeah. Which was actually
1: <laughs> on my short list. And I think that it is a better film than people think it was. But I also saw the darker ending. So that might be <laughs> part of the reason. I think, I think the ending I watched, I liked the. Well, you know, anyways. Um, but yeah, so you know, this was this was made in the like late 80s or early 90s. It was like the mm-hmm. height of the rave scene in Europe. So
2: mm-hmm. like
1: the music is just incredible. Lola's whole look is very, very iconic, and you see it duplicated over and over again they did it often in alias mm-hmm. the tv show alias i feel like they've basically done it with um scarlet wit or uh, black uh, God, Widow. black widow yes yeah. scarlett johansson to- so many scarlets in that <laughs> damn mcu um <laughs> yeah i feel like you know her iconic look of of lola has just been like done so many times uh yeah and it's just this like again sort of like Donnie Darko I think Donnie Darko does a lot more to really introduce like mystery and stuff where this is just sort of a fun kind of action film but that also leaves you going huh
2: mm.
1: interesting let me think about my life and how how things have affected me
0: mm. mm-hmm. uh I, it's been a while since I've seen run a little run but it's, uh, it's definitely it, it's definitely in the the tank for a rewatch I think mm-hmm. um Another one I, I I picked is Connected to the 90s. It's a sequel to a 90s film. And we, since we didn't get a chance to talk about it fully on the show, and I, I really do want to talk about it a bit, is Matrix Resurrections, which came out last year. It's on Crave right now, if anyone wants to check it out. And you should check it out, because um, this is not your typical legacy sequel. It is uh, Lana Wachowski essentially flipping the bird to the whole idea that she had to be sort of... Um, i guess uh bribed or or threatened into coming back to make a matrix and Spawn brothers like you make a matrix for or we'll make it without you and she said all right i'll make it but you won't like it because i'm going to <laughs> basically make a film that explain that in the first hour explains to people i'm making this because the studio made me and then in the second half of the film tries to undermine the first three matrix movies by saying no, it wasn't a story about the one. It was a story about the two, as in these two uh, people who who are in love with each other and will destroy universes to be together. Um, it, you know, it's, it it recontextualizes the whole red pill philosophy, which of course has been co opted by some pretty dark corners. This isn't about take the red take the red pill, become the one, learn kung fu destroy the bad guys this is about take the red pill so you can leave this visage of uh, a horrible life that you, you are sort of remanded in and embrace your true self your true destiny by finding the one you love and and um reuniting with them and so that's what Matrix Resurrections is about, um and I've heard a lot of commentary. Like the action sequences aren't as good in this one as they were in past movies. it's Like I think that's the point. I think it's just it's Lana Wachowski untwirling a lot of the 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 commentary and analysis of the the message in those movies, the technical aspects of those movies, and just saying, you know what, I'm just going to turn this thing I created that everybody has misinterpreted. I'm going to take it. I'm going to turn it into. Um, essentially like this 80s kind of teen romance except it's with people in their 50s and um it's kind of wonderful in that regard um you know, and there's also a lot of meta references too, like the whole thing that Thomas Anderson in the Matrix is uh, a video game designer who created a, a video game called the Matrix. But there's also like little touches like movie fans won't get like Trinity's in the Matrix husband is Chad Staholski, who was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves in the original Matrix trilogy. So um, <laughs> like stuff like that is fun. I, I I've watched Matrix Resurrections a couple of times. I went I took the step and blind bought the the blu-ray even and it it is um it is eminently fascinating and i think it'll be analyzed for years to come and um it's it really it it really gets one excited about the matrix universe uh again in in very weird way even though it's very unlikely we're going to get more matrix after that i think lana wachowski um resurrected it to bury it and um mad respect to lana for that
1: (laughs) um You have convinced me to to check it out. I did not bother to because I was Mm -hmm. just like, I was never asking for more of the Matrix. Like I might have been asking for more of the universe of the Matrix, but I certainly was not asking for any more of Neo, who Mm -hmm. I think, you know, had an ending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whether or not it was it was satisfying, you know, whatever the the um whatever they were called, uh Matrix. Revelations was that the last Revolutions one? Revolutions. Revolutions. I couldn't remember. But yeah. So I I was fine with leaving that where it was. But so I, I didn't really have a lot of interest in a in it. I was never clamoring for it. And it came out and I said, Well, whatever. I I don't need to see it. Like I have no desire to. I will rewatch, <laughs> you know, the animatrix instead and uh and be happy. But uh yeah, you've you've intrigued me. So yeah, check it out. it
0: out. Check it out. Um, also check it out for uh, gratuitous Christina Ricci cameo and mm. also uh, Sense8 reunion, uh, <laughs> reunion I, show.
1: <laughs> I will say I did not watch Sense8, but I, I yeah.
0: I imagine some people might be fans of that show, but it's interesting that mm. they, they Lana managed to cram like almost everyone from Sense8 into the Matrix somehow. Good for her. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get to your number three
1: all right so this was the only film that popped up immediately when we came up with this idea this mm-hmm. is one of my comfort films this is one of those films that i will put on when i'm feeling sick uh you know when i just want something you know I, i'm down i'm upset and i'm just like oh i just need to watch a movie that's going to make me feel better um and that's sliding doors ah. the, uh, uh 90s film with gwyneth paltrow um so this was firmly in her. I'm actually kind of British phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so, you know, she's there. This is a a British film. It's all taking part in London. Um, she is. I don't know if they're married, but she's with with one guy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who, um, as it turns out, is not such a good guy, uh, and so it sort of starts with her with this chance meeting with John Hanna, who is incredible in this movie. I love <laughs> John Hannah; He's so good. Um, so this sort of just chance meeting, she drops nearing, he picks it up, whatever they go on their way. She goes to go catch a train to go home. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think that she was, she's catching the train early because she was fired from her job or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so she's catching the train to go home and her, her, uh, partner her boyfriend is having an affair, and of course she's supposed to be at work, so you know does not expect for Gwyneth Paltrow's character to be coming home. She does come home, finds the two of them. They break up. She ends up back with John Hannah, and they have this great romance. But at the same time, and literally like in in the chronology of the film, at the exact same time, we see her miss the train by accident and not get home in time to find her boyfriend with another woman. Mm -hmm. And so her life carries on with this guy who's just kind of a tool and who is having, you know, having an affair. And so we see both Gwyneth Paltrow's go through their lives, you know, one that seems really good and one that seems really not so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And As it turns out, uh, she is pregnant and, you know, all all these things sort of like, she's having a lot of like the same things happen, but but how they seem differently in these different sort of timelines. And what's so comforting about this film, and I am going to spoil it, it's 1996, it's fine, or 98 or something like that. (laughs) Um, At the end, we see the timeline where she is good and happy and it seems good does not have a good ending at all
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: then the timeline where she's stuck with this terrible man who's just awful and we're just all watching going but we know that you could actually have a good life and oh my god what's going on well as it turns out she finally as a as a person you know gets confidence and breaks up with her boyfriend and then accidentally meets John Hannah again and it, mm-hmm. we just get this like oh it's just so nice to watch it and it's like reassuring to go oh you know what things are going to be okay <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is that like the John Hannah that she meets still has gone through some sort of tragedy mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's sort of like again how much of how much of each of these two lives was actually the same going on at the same time. Like who, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. John Hannah's character at the end, when she, when he meets Gwyneth Paltrow again, has just suffered this loss that happened in the alternate timeline. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it's just, I just love it. It's just such a feel good movie. It's so nice. I actually, despite Gwyneth Paltrow's very concerning (laughs) current (laughs) things about women's health, um. Mm-hmm. Uh. I just she is a very good actress and you know at the height of of her work in the 90s she was just so good and even though it is very strange that she did go through this sort of British phase maybe she's still in it who knows mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she was very believable
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know she 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 did that accent it never sounded like she was putting on an accent in any of the many films that she did where she was British
0: right <laughs> uh my third pick we are running a bit at low on time so I'll just go through my third pick really quick it's very close to sliding doors it is total recall from 1990
1: <laughs> um <laughs> very very close <laughs>
0: the Paul Verhoeven movie um starring Arnold Schwarzenegger uh where he's playing this you know blue collar construction guy named Quaid uh, but he yearns for, uh, shall we say, a more exciting life. So he goes to this place called Recall, which implants memories of, of like, fantasies and and different things. So he wants to be a secret agent. But it turns out he was a secret agent the whole time. Or who was he? Um, and, you know, it's it walks this very fine line between being this, like, campy, macho 80s. I mean, even though it came out in 1990, it was made in probably made in 1989 so uh it counts um this can't be you know action movie beefcake 80s sort of form also being this very like highbrow sci-fi concept and of course um you know it's fearhoven so he brings over the bad guy from robocop ronnie cox who you would think would not be a Physical threat for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, But he is, uh, of course, a a mean and sinister mental threat. And also you get Michael Ironside as his number two. And and Michael Ironside is is always just so good as a villain. Um, And also another uh, regular Verhoeven player because he comes back in uh, Starship Troopers too, although not as a villain. Uh, So yeah, it's it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, You get a lot of great, iconic arnold moments um let the people please go again you know it's um it's just it's brilliant it's dumb um it's (laughs) it's over the top but it's also weirdly grounded and asks some pretty pointed questions about what is reality and what is fantasy and how do you know the difference so uh total recall i have the dvd of for total recall i have the the classic mars tin uh oh yeah so I, uh, it, it's one of my, my pride and joys. Anyway, we'll leave that there. We're going to come back with something entirely different in a minute. We're going to review everything, everywhere, all at once. You're listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus, and Community Radio.
2: Um, so about this morning... Enough with your tricks. What? I know you're in there. Whoa! Get out of my door. Go <laughs> Mom, are you already drunk? Hey, Becky? Mm-hmm. Can you go help my dad with the party? No? Go yeah. Go, Becky. Go, go. Thanks, babe. You see it all, don't you? You can see how everything is just a random rearrangement of particles in a vibrating superposition.
0: And that was a clip from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's the new film from writers, directors, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, and it stars Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Zhu, Kehu Kwan, Tally Mandel, James Hong, and Jamie Lee Curtis, question <laughs> um, <laughs> mark? Great. No, she was great. Um, so you, you may not know the Daniels because their last full-on feature was a little movie called Swiss Army Man, which was about Paul Dano making friends with the cadaver of Daniel Radcliffe um and having adventures so these guys are not uh not shall we shall we say mcu ready um so they made their own multiverse film uh starring michelle yo although apparently it was supposed to originally star jackie chan um which uh,
1: michelle Yo's a step up no offense to jackie chan
0: no i would agree because i don't because One of the things I admire about this film is Michelle Yeoh and seeing so many layers of Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, we get the kick-butt action star, but we also get very serious, like, dramatic performance, you know, with a lot of pathos. You get a lot of comedy, too, um, a lot of slapstick. Um, You you see her being a mother. And I was thinking a lot about Michelle Yeoh. It's like she has, I mean, at least to American audiences, she kind of has the two modes, like the action star and then this kind of, like, tightly wound um sort of matriarchal not motherly but like matriarchal like boss lady kind of persona I'm thinking of like last christmas and mm-hmm. um crazy rich asians so this is a real revelation for her on the <laughs> the eve of her 60th birthday um but yeah this i mean jackie chan is a very talented actor very talented a very gifted athletic actor um comedic actor as well he's very funny but i i think yeah michelle yo is this this was made to be her movie
1: yeah yeah i would agree i can't i mean obviously certain things would have been different uh with if jackie chan were to be in it but i i just can't imagine it would have had the um yeah the 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 family drama part Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i can't i don't know how they would have told that story Mm -hmm. because so there is um and i think that this is a a very strong theme that's been happening sort of in movies lately and that's the sort of mother-daughter story particularly in um asian cultures but Mm. actually in in many cultures too because we even think about um and Canto in some ways was sort of about that mother daughter as well. except It was grandmother, granddaughter, mm-hmm. but yeah, this, um, what, uh, I understand to be a, 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 an almost universal sort of, um, immigrant story to North America where people come to North America and want their kids to be more like they've given up so much to come to Canada or to the States. And so they want their child to be, to have all that opportunity that they came for them for. And then there's this tension where, you know, part of, of the freedom of living in North America means that you can choose to not achieve your potential
2: mm-hmm. and
1: how, how do those parents, you know, work with that. And I, I think that this was, um, yeah, this was, uh, let me just preface by saying this, this movie was just, Yes. it's almost impossible to talk about because there's yeah. just it was so much. I was just like, yes, not prepared for this movie. I don't think you can be prepared for this movie. It's so, it's so bizarre. You're so lost wild. ten minutes in. Oh lost, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's crazy. And you never really get unlost. No, like right until the very end. It's still like, <laughs> is what is this about? Like, is it? <laughs> is it about letting your children go or is it not about letting your children go? I don't know. I, I It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just about loving people? Is it about loving yourself? I don't, I don't know. And I think it's about all of those at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too. It's, it's this multiversal actiony thing. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that they've been selling the thing, about, but it, it's like, not really about that. It, uh, Although what I will say is that uh, if this doesn't get the Oscar for best editing, and oh edit- ed- editing doesn't matter, then you're, you're you're making yeah. an active decision to say that editing doesn't matter. This is just something we give out to somebody because the editing in this film is superb it's immaculate this is like the most perfectly edited movie there's ever
1: been oh yeah there are times too like there was um i think it was i think it was joy actually the daughter who was Mm -hmm. tumbling down the stairs and as she's tumbling Mm -hmm. she's she's tumbling from from multiverse to multiverse
0: right and
1: like totally changing like look and everything and it's just like how how are they yeah yes
0: Yes, yes. Uh, the editor's name is Paul Rogers. Um, he, he has perfected editing. Uh, we can stop editing <laughs> movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, One
1: shots from now on.
0: It's, it's done. He's anyway. Um, yeah, th- I mean, it's, it's just crazy. The, the, the film, you know, it t- takes place in two settings, mostly the laundromat, and which is also the upstairs is the home of the family. And then this IRS building. Um. So so it's like weirdly grounded in a way. And I was thinking a lot about the res- other recent multiverse excursions at the movies, which are basically around the, the Marvel movies. So the, mm-hmm. sp- the recent Spider-Man movie and the Doctor Strange movie. And what was so weird is, despite we're talking about like, we're so confused watching this thing about, you know, because there's. I have to, I always have the subtitles on when I'm like reviewing something so I can mm-hmm. capture all the dialogue. But in the beginning, you have English dialogue, Mandarin dialogue, Cantonese dialogue. So you have like three different levels of subtitles. And eventually, I just like all right, I'll put my headphones on and end the subtitle, and so I can just you know focus on one level of reading <laughs> instead of three. Yeah. Um, so you know you're entered you're ushered into this world. And again, thinking about these other movies where they're starring characters who. We've lived with four years, better or worse. We've lived them for years, but there is such an emotional impact at the end of this in a way that just shows like the limitations of those Marvel movies. Cause you were watching this thing. You are, it's like flipping through really quickly, channel surfing through different universes. Um, you're, you're struggling to keep up because there's three languages and um, they're throwing so much at you. They're throwing all this techno babble jargon at you, and um, all this stuff. But there's this undercurrent. It's like this this underlayer, um, kind of like when you know you play a song backwards, and there's a hidden message. It, it feels like there's this subliminal layer of <laughs> of, of emotional <laughs> of emotional impact that when it comes to that end. Uh, that end scene of reconciliation like you're crying it, it's it's so yeah. we- it's it's so weird to watch like a movie where you're like struggling to keep up for for two hours and then you get to the emotional the, the resolution of the emotional the emotional arc and you're really feeling it and i have no idea how how they did it it's just it's it's so weird you're like i am so confused but i'm so moved
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so i um accidentally did this weird thing where uh on thursday night i Mm -hmm. watched dr strange and the multiverse of madness for the first time because it came out on disney plus and then on friday night i watched everything everywhere all at once and i swiftly in watching everything everywhere all at once went i this is it's literally the same movie only this one's better (laughs) but i'm like this is like it's very much the same movie it's like you know Mm -hmm. we can move through the different dimensions one person has the ability to move through the dimensions Mm -hmm. at will and the rest of us have to like you know work to to do it and we're trying to save right you know her essentially like it's i mean basically i think that they may have started the script for multiverse of madness and then we're fired i don't know i mean to be fair (laughs) the russo brothers are the producers
0: yeah that's um, another weird connection yeah that yeah they they seem to find this weird material even though they've become sort of like the the personification of you know sort of the the worst aspects of of modern movie making but they they (laughs) find this weird they find and foster this completely utterly bonkers unique material it's I have no mm. idea. I have no, I would have no idea about the Russos, but go yeah. on. <laughs>
1: um. I will say you're right about the emotional weight of this film. And, mm. you know, while we are following Michelle Yeoh and we're following pretty much one version of her and mm. she sort of, the idea is that like we follow sort of her and she's traveling to other dimensions so that she can sort of gain the knowledge and the skills and, and whatever of different dimensions and, and, use those in the one that she's in but through that of course we're introduced to her character in all these different ways these different versions of her what could have been and in most of them um she's in a relationship with the same person
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and in some some of them she's not but we're you know again somehow sort of like sliding doors right it's just Mm -hmm. like she's able to mend all of the relationships in all of the, the dimensions. And, and like, I, I felt that even, you know, yeah, it was just, it was very moving. And like, even these like immensely bizarre dimensions,
0: the rock dimension. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was actually, I, they did a very good job with the rock dimension. And again, that was, um, you know, more of a mother daughter thing, but it was still very moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's chasing after her, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't, I, there's, it's hard to talk about this movie. And I think that that's part of the reason why, because I have listened to a lot of podcasts that have, that have sort of covered this movie or talked about it or had different actors from the show on there, Mm -hmm. but it, you just, yeah. I'll, I'll just stand by like, you, nothing can really sort of prepare you for this film you just have to sort of go in and do it
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, oh sorry go ahead
1: sorry I was just noticing as I was sort of scrolling through the, <laughs> the cast uh, I do also really love uh so Jamie Lee Curtis is in this
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and uh, with your question mark as you as you listed her <laughs> because she does really stand out she does such a great job but I absolutely love that her name is um Deirdre, Bo yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, there's nothing more. Like, th- this whole thing is just a-, a farce. Like, it's all it's all make believe. Than than the name Deirdre, Bo Deirdre. Yeah, even say it.
0: I mean, it's <laughs> it. It's just Deirdre, Bo It's, and then the re- she's the IRS agent, um, and she's showing off her awards for being uh, you know essentially like the the, the biggest little, stickler
1: checkoffs gun there
0: it, it, it's more like checkoffs butt plug which i it's it's very that's very clearly what it is yeah and i was like i was watching this going why does this irs i mean is it just the metaphor that you know people talk about uh you know irs audits being akin to uh, proctology exams is that it's that the message, yeah. but no, it, it, as you said, it's Chekhov's award. Um, it, it, so it, it, it does come into play later in the film in. Let's say some startling ways, um, but I mean, all of this, it's like this goofy um, candy coating for, for for like this deep personal emotional drama in the second i mean there's also a thing, like one of the dimensions she goes to is where she's uh a chef uh at um one of these places yes. where they, they make the food in front of you and her colleague is is uh even more talented and and it turns out because he has a, a raccoon under his under his chef's mm-hmm. hat because it, which refers back to a joke earlier in the film where she calls it uh instead of ratatouille and of course the, the voice of the raccoon is Randy Newman who um <laughs> i i would love to be a fly on that wall when the Daniels go in and to Randy Newman to like hey we want you to voice this like raccoon under a chef's hat who's helping the chef become a better chef you know like ratatouille which is a Pixar movie you didn't do the music for i'm pretty sure ratatouille was <laughs> Was a yes. Michael Giacchino score, um, <laughs> so you know it's just these bizarre sides, and then you come right back to this, uh, this family drama, um, and it's it's not just like the, the the drama of the one family, the I guess the the prime family, but you know it's also playing out over, it's playing out over multi generations, multiple universes, and it's just it's. There is a very strong and I've read sort of the discourse about this, the strong um, analogies to sort of the the immigrant experience and, you know, splintering yourself off as, you know, American, as, you know, someone who's from your country of origin, embracing your culture, embracing a more secular Western culture and, and all that. But I mean, it's even if you're whitey mcwhiterson like me you you still like identify those sort of transgenerational struggles you know how do you embrace who you are when um you know your parent or grandparent thinks you should be a different way um it's it's you know and there's also this sort of ennui that you know here's the, the michelle yo character evelyn is which i think is also her name in crazy rich Asians if I'm not mistaken Mm. but so that's another weird touch but you know where she's like she's constantly being told that she's the worst at everything but that also makes her ideal because she's like kind of this blank slate (laughs) (laughs) which you know it, 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 it it grinds you into these like sort of corners that you're forced to deal with yourself like I mean all of us have that experience we feel like we're the worst at everything we haven't lived up to our um our potential potential. like maybe nothing really matters and you know certainly we live in this this time of like incredible chaos and you know people taking back steps and we've certainly seen that this last week in the United States you know maybe nothing does maybe we should all just go into the everything bagel and whatever happens next it's I mean it's it's so bizarre what I think the film really does well is hold up a mirror to all the weird things we feel and sort of says to us, it's okay. You feel this way because we literally all do no matter where we are in, in this earth on multiple, earths, <laughs> whatever <laughs> generations um, we all sometimes feel like nothing. We all sometimes feel like we're the worst. We all sometimes feel like nothing matters. Um, but there are moments like at the end when, um, when Waymond, um, convinces uh deirdre beauirdra to to give them more time for the audit and it's nothing it's yeah. like it's no it's not a magic wand it's just two people talking and it's the most human thing in the world and it's weird that that that's kind of what that's kind of the moment this crazy zany random movie turns on It's like a a little like two people talking to each other like two people i have no idea i have no idea how this thing was written but
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and then like you know it is you know just remains confusing where you get you know as you say michelle yo's character evelyn the the evelyn in the universe where she is basically living her worst life she Mm -hmm. hasn't achieved anything Mm -hmm. um versus the joy that's essentially living you know sort of the the maximum potential like mm-hmm. she has achieved everything mm-hmm. and you know she's achieved everything and realized well there's nothing right like why yeah. you know and so you get the the two the one who hasn't achieved versus the one who has achieved and how do you meet in the middle somewhere
2: mm-hmm. it, yeah
1: yeah i i feel like everything we've said hasn't really made any sense i know because the movie doesn't make any sense and it's amazing
0: it's so bizarre i mean and and you know it's it's a great showcase for james hong who um recently got a star on the the hollywood walk of fame and that was like a a kind of like a grassroots effort a bunch of asian actors got Mm -hmm. together like hey here's this guy who's been in like six hundred thousand different projects over the years and he doesn't have a star on the walk of fame um so i mean it's a great showcase for him um you know, to have uh, Kehu Kwan back, who a lot of people remember as uh, from his 80s hits, uh, Goonies yeah. and uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, he, he he has been working in movies. He does a lot of behind the stuff. He does like production and, and stunt coordination and stuff. But to see him back on screen. Um, it's still relatively boyish, um, mm-hmm. although he's he's 50, um, you know, but to see him uh just be like the emotional backbone of this because um there's a really great scene it's like sort of heartbreaking where you know he's he's getting trying to get everyone to stop fighting and he and he says like this is how i fight by you know talking to people and making people see their alternatives to to fighting and it's 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 such a tribute to that sort of like quiet power that you know sometimes the loudest voice in the room is the most quiet and uh he, he's really great it's really great acting from him as well and uh he doesn't he doesn't um sort of disappear behind michelle yo um in any of this they they feel like even though much of the movie is about how they're coming apart they they do really feel like partners through through um much of the movie and you see why mm-hmm. they have or why they once had and why they might have again an affection for each other it they they, they work really well together
1: yeah yeah it was yeah their story and I just keep coming back to the 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 most beautiful one of their sort of stories the one where they're not together mm-hmm. it's just like that's almost a more powerful statement than than any of the others
2: mm-hmm. but
1: yeah it's yeah I don't know it kind of makes me feel like sliding doors so it's just like you know what <laughs> <laughs> in the end it will all be okay. Like mm-hmm. you may be living your worst timeline right now, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way.
0: That scene where they're talking in the alley, it's like it's like maybe the film's most like quiet quietest least hectic moment where they're they're talking about you know not being together in this universe and and going different paths and he turns to walk away and he just looks back and he says, "You know, I would give anything to be you know doing laundry and taxes with you and then he just kind of turns and walks away and it's like oh it's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. um but so beautiful and it's it's like i said it's like this the quietest moment in this otherwise loud um <laughs> bizarre, bizarre, ADHD film. rattled film where it's just every minute there's something else happening. Even at the laundromat, where they're like helping like five customers at once, and you have Jenny Slate looking for her shirts, and this other guy is yeah. hitting on Michelle Yeoh. Uh, of course, why wouldn't you? Um,
1: <laughs> and just to be clear to listeners, when we talk about the Everything Bagel, it's it's literally an Everything Bagel.
0: That's like, right. Yeah,
1: this film hinges on an Everything Bagel.
0: Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's 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 exactly what you don't think it is (laughs) or is it (laughs) I
1: I don't I don't know I don't know it broke my brain and I want to watch it again.
0: Yes, so do I, actually. You're right. It's, it, this, this is a film that's going to, uh, I think, going to reward rewatchings. And we might have to do that now because it's the end of the show. And we hope you liked it. And if you want to listen to it again, you can find it at our website, endcreditsradioshow.com. You can download it from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you're on Spotify, you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear on this show. Just search for End Credits on CFRU in Spotify. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And Candice, where else can the good people find you on the internets?
1: Well, this week you can't find me on the internet because I am on an <laughs> island, but... Uh, If you want to, you can follow me at sin48CINN48 and, um, you know, welcome me back home. I will need it because it'll be probably stinking hot here in No Lake. Um, And you can also hear just last week, uh, I was a guest on um, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Oliver Rockside's Mm -hmm. podcast, 78 episodes, 30 good ones, Mm -hmm. where oddly enough, uh, our two episodes were all about time travel. So it was sort of a similar (laughs) conversation. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's nice when things work out. Um, <laughs> speaking of other shows, I will be back here on CFRU tomorrow at 5 p.m. for News and Politics on Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson or check out guelphpolitico.ca for my News and Politics site. And stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, cfru.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another End Credits Or will we in the multiverse? Anyway, we'll probably be back next Wednesday at 3 p.m. We'll see you then.